John chapter 9, verses 1 through 41. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. But others were saying, no, it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? And he said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put mud on my eyes, then I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, Well, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened, and he said, he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So for a second time, they called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, give glory to God. We know this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know if this man is a sinner. One thing I do know, though that I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to the one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? He answered Who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, 
I believe. And he worshiped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. The gospel of the Lord. Well, folks, I wasn't kidding. It's a long one. And there's a lot that's going on here. A lot that happens around this man, this poor guy, who has an experience, and then there's a lot of controversy that seems to surround it. I don't have any great story just to lead in. The story itself is kind of incredible, isn't it? Imagine being this guy. He's born blind. It's all he's ever known. He's a beggar because he can't work because of being blind. He's he needs the, the, the gift of, that people will give him that the, hopefully the community will take care of him. And that's all he's ever known. Apparently his parents are still around, but, but he's, he's subject to begging. And suddenly on this day, he hears a voice, or actually several voices, who start to talk about him. Maybe that's something he's used to. He probably hears people talking about him, not to him, but about him all the time. And then they go about this thing, and then suddenly he hears a man spit, and he hears him wrestling around a little bit, and then there is mud smeared over his eyes. And this calm voice tells him, now go to the pool of Siloam and wash. The man makes his way to the pool, and when he washes his face, when he washes away this mud, he can see. First time ever in his life. Now, we don't know how old this guy is. We don't know how long he's been blind, only that he's been blind since birth. So for the first time ever, he can see. And it's got to be amazing. He's probably running all over the place telling everybody he meets, I can see, I can see, I can see. And then he begins to encounter his neighbors, the people from his community that have known him his whole life, that have only known him because he is blind. And they can't quite figure it out. They're like, isn't this the guy who was blind? How can he see? And some of them are like, no, it can't be the same guy. It's got to be somebody different. And they, they ask him, what happened? Tell us what happened. And he's like, well, I met this man named Jesus, and he made some mud, and he put it on my eyes, told me to go wash, and I did, and I could see. Some people seem to believe it. Some don't. So they think, you know what? We'll take him to the authorities. They'll be able to sort all this out. They'll be able to let us know what's going on. So they take the man to the Pharisees. Now, of course, the Pharisees are the religious elite. They're, they're kind of the leaders of the community. They're the ones who know what's going on, but there's some controversy. Here's the man, and they ask him, what happened? And he tells them again, well, like I was saying to them, I met Jesus. He made some mud. He put it on my eyes, told me to go wash. I went and washed, and I could see. And they still don't quite get it. They get caught in the idea that this happened on the Sabbath day. This man must be a sinner because he healed, he worked on the Sabbath, he broke the Sabbath law, and they can't seem to get past that. And so they keep going round and round and round, and they ask him again, tell us again what happened? He's like, okay, told you already. I was blind, he put mud on my eyes, told me to wash, I washed, I could see. Blind, mud, wash, see. And they're like, uh, we still don't believe you. We need other witnesses. Go get his parents. So they bring in his parents. Is this your son who was born blind? And his parents are like, yeah, that's him. We know that's him. He used to be blind, but now he can see. 
We don't know how, we don't know who, don't kick us out, don't blame us, but that's him. And then they're like, he'll speak for himself. And so they ask the guy again, and I can only imagine how annoyed he's starting to get. I mean, this most amazing thing that's ever happened to him has just happened. He's gone from being blind to be able to see, and they just keep hounding him. How did this happen? Ah, fine, one more time. Blind, mud, wash, not blind. Can I go now? But they keep on hounding him and they keep at it and they keep at it and they keep at it until finally when he won't change his story and he won't throw Jesus under the bus because honestly he doesn't even know who Jesus is, only that that's the guy who healed him. They finally kick him out. They kick him out of the synagogue. They cast him out. He loses his community over all this because he won't change his story. But think about his story. He continues to share over and over and over again his experience. This is what God has done for me. Now, he's probably getting annoyed. We even kind of get a sense within that text that he's getting a little snarky with him when he's like, hey, do you want to become his disciples? I've already told you what happened. Why do you want me to tell you again? They kind of get a little bit snippy with each other. But throughout this whole time, he never changes his story. He just keeps telling them over and over and over again, this is what happened. This is what I experienced. Now, as we see his experience and sticking to his guns, it costs him his community. It even seemingly costs him his family who are are too scared to be cast out of the synagogue themselves that they won't answer for him. That's his reality now. But throughout all of this, Jesus has been absent. Did you notice that? I can't help but sort of chuckle about that. That Jesus comes in, finds this blind man, bickers a little bit with his disciples, heals him, but by the time he can actually see and come to fruition, Jesus is gone for like this entire story until the very end. It's not until the man is cast out of the synagogue that Jesus finds him again. And then they have an interaction, and Jesus reveals the truth of who he is, that he is the one who has given this healing, who has granted this gift of God, this miraculous healing, and the man comes into new relationship, a new connection with Jesus, a new connection with the followers of Christ, the body of Christ. He is brought into this new relationship. And sometimes that's what happens when our experience with God, this experiences the stories that we are called to share with one another and those that we encounter, and tell the truth of this is what I have experienced, even if they can't handle it, it brings us into a new relationship. And that's a miraculous, wonderful thing by itself. But there's something else here, given our current circumstances, that I want to circle back to, and it happens just within the first couple of verses. Even before Jesus heals the guy, there's an underlying question that seems to be throughout the entirety of this passage, the entirety of this story, the entirety of this ongoing conflict that happens around the miracle. When the disciples see the man, they ask Jesus a question, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? This reflects a thought, this reflects an old interpretation that when someone was born with a disability like this man had of being blind, that it was the cause of sin, that it was someone's fault that he was born that way. And Jesus instantly kicks that away. He says, neither one sinned. It wasn't, he didn't sin, his parents didn't sin. But then Jesus says this, he was born this way 
so that the glory of God might show through him, that you might see the, the works of God through him. Now, let me be clear. I don't think Jesus is saying God did this to the man. Rather, I think God or Jesus is saying God made the world and the world, while good, is not perfect. There are imperfections. There are things that aren't right. There are things that reveal the brokenness of our reality. And it manifested in this guy as being blind. But I believe God can use this for the good. That seems to be what Jesus is saying. God will use this to the good. Now let's think about our own situation. We're in the middle of social distancing. I'm coming to you now through the computer because we can't be together while the coronavirus is going on, while we're trying to curb the spread, while the experts are out there doing the work, trying to keep people healthy and trying to protect all of us. That's why we're doing this. And yes, it's hard. It's hard for us to adjust to, and maybe several of us are asking the question of why is this happening? Or even who is to blame? That's the question that the disciples pose of why is this man, who's to blame for this man being born blind? And maybe we're asking that same question. When things go wrong, when things are going dif difficult, we often look for someone to blame. Where can we place the blame? And I think Jesus' statement today reveals that to us, that there is no one to blame. We're all in this together. I was having a conversation earlier this week, and it seems kind of fitting for this whole situation that Maybe, just maybe, the good that will come out of this, just like the good that came out of the man's story, maybe the good that is coming out of this is a new way for us to form community. Remember, he lost one community and gained a new one. And maybe this is giving us the intentionality to create new types of community around, uh, around our community, around our, our, our homes, around our towns, around our cities, around our nation around the world. Maybe that's the opportunity, not for us to find someone who's at fault, but for us to unite around a common goal. And that common goal for us is to beat this coronavirus. I really appreciate the fact that if we are finally starting to see some people come together in this very divisive society that we are part of, it's over an enemy that's a virus and not people. All too often we look for a scapegoat and we try and find someone to blame. In this case, there's no one to blame, folks. And we sure don't blame God. God did not give us the coronavirus as a way to punish us for something. It's something that happened. And we could either quibble over that or we could accept that this is our reality and try and get something new out of it. And God's work will be done and we will somehow see the glory of God. I hope and I pray that we're able to do that as we look backwards at this, just like the man born blind was able to look back and see this was my experience and this is how God worked it. Amen.